Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Podular Modcast. I have some exciting news. We have two new sponsors to the show, one of which is Noise Engineering. And of course, you know who Noise Engineering is. They, uh, they brought you the beautiful Basimilis Ateritas, um, which you, you hear me playing with a lot. And uh, they've got some really cool new stuff coming out. And one thing in particular that I'm really excited about is their new oscillator called the Ataraxic Ateritas. I can't do a demo for you today because it is in the mail. It is currently probably on a plane flying to Washington State from Southern California right now. So, um, But I wanted to mention it because the pre-sales go um, open October 19th, 2018, and they start shipping October 22nd, 2018. And I imagine you want to get on this like right on the 19th because I could see them selling out. Um, go to their Instagram page to check out some videos of it. It's This thing sounds really crazy. Um, and if you want to go to their website, it's noiseengineering.us and that's where you can do the pre-order. So yeah, check that out. And I can't wait to bring you a demo, uh, with it next week. So, uh, you, you plan on recording an album or an EP? Uh, I will say from experience, one of the, the coolest things about doing it on your own is complete creative control. I will say one of the biggest disadvantages of doing that is uh, it's hard to uh, gain an objective ear when you're listening to your stuff. And that's why I want to tell you about Obsidian Sound. It is a mixing and mastering studio in Northern California run by Nathan Moody, uh, a musician who some of you may recognize from his Etude series of albums and his latest electroacoustic album, The Right Side of Mystery, which I own on a double cassette. The packaging is super cool and it's an excellent album. Obsidian Sound specializes in that critical final polish to reach and connect with audiences more effectively. Nathan specializes in independent electronic music uh, with a special focus on ambient and modular. So, listeners, this is kind of uh, it's kind of our sweet spot. Um, he works with artists and uh, labels alike. Most of us electronic musicians act as solo artists, as I said before, but before releasing a new album or collection of work, there's a huge benefit to having an objective set of professional ears in a different acoustically treated room on full range monitors. Um, when they hear you know, your work and then add some final quality assurance and objective polish, whoo. It, it makes such a difference. And that's where Obsidian Sound comes in. With 20 years of experience in the audio industry, Nathan offers mix review, mixing, and most importantly, mastering services, with a special focus on preserving and delivering the artist's creative intent. He's provided mastering service for well-known modular artists like R. Benny, Mylar Melodies, and more, uh, including Donald Crunk and Dark Sparkler, friends of the show. Anyone listening to this podcast can get a 10% discount off of mixing and mastering services by mentioning that you heard about Obsidian Sound on Podular Modcast. From experimental to noise to ambient to techno, Obsidian Sound can help you sound like a better version of you. I mean, Arbeni did it. This track that you hear under me talking is from his new release called Isla, and it was it was mastered by by Nathan. And if I mean if Arbeni uses him, I think you can uh, you can know that your 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 sound is in good hands. So if you want your project's mixes reviewed, improved, or mastered, please visit obsidiansound.com. And don't forget to mention that I sent you over there because it'll get you a 10% discount. All right, guys, we're going to get into our talk relatively quickly here. But I just want to mention that I just released something on Cell Center Records called uh, Modular Musings Volume 2. Uh, you can hear one of the tracks called uh, Mathsbeant. Mathsbeant. <laughs> 
underneath here. Uh, they're not really fleshed out tracks. They're just more like patches that I made and then decided to record. And if I don't put them out there, they're just going to take up space on my laptop. Um, so yeah, if you want to go check that out, selfcenterrecords.bandcamp.com. I'd appreciate that. Also, I uh, mentioned some events on last week's episode, and I want to bring them up again. The first of which is uh, Modular Nights, which is going to be here in Seattle at uh, a Substation in Ballard. And that is October 27th. Starts at 4 p.m. until 7.30. And uh, I'm going to be playing with a bunch of other awesome um, Seattle modular artists. The cool thing about Modular Nights is it's uh, it's a concert series put on by Bradley and Josh, who are the modular on the spot Seattle dudes. Um, and because it gets so cold and rainy here once the fall and winter hits, we have to move indoors. And with that move indoors, we kind of, you know, we, we take away from the, the format of modular on the spot because it's got to be all modular and all outdoors. So since we moved indoors, we're going to also open it up to uh, some other instruments to bring in. So I think I'm going to bring my guitar. So if you're in Seattle and you want to come check that out, please do. I would love to chat with you. And then the, uh, the other event I want to talk about is actually the next day, um, October 28th, starts at 1 p.m. And this is also in, uh, in Seattle. This is going to be at the um, Melrose Market on Capitol Hill and it's uh, Patchworks presents knobs and shit. So a bunch of uh, a bunch of us synth people are going to get together. You can meet some manufacturers, listen to music. I'll be there and uh, yeah, I'd love to love to talk to you. So again, October 28th, 1 to 6 p.m. at Melrose Market. Knobs and shit. All right, guys, we're going to get right into this talk. Uh, I just want to thank all you Patreon subscribers really quick. If you want to help out with the show, go to patreon.com forward slash modular modcast. Yeah, thank you. And with that, Ben Hines, Dwarfcraft. Have you heard of Dwarfcraft? I'm sure you've heard of Dwarfcraft. Um, A pedal and modular manufacturer, and they do some pretty wicked awesome effects uh, the Witch Shifter is a, a guitar pedal that we talk a little bit about and one that I uh, can't really keep my eyes off of lately. So, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's, I'm not going to talk anymore. Let's just get right into it. Um, it's a two-parter. We talked for a long time, so another two-parter. Uh, so there won't be a patch challenge in today's episode, but I am going to play one of Ben's songs uh, that we talk about in the episode at the end of the episode. So there will be some good music within the uh, the episode. So I'm going to stop rambling now. I'm really tired. So I asked if you prefer being called Ben or Ein. Yeah. Uh, and I, it, it's Ben because Ben is yeah. my real name and Ein was the name of my musical project and like my internet pseudonym and then that became my you know my marketing pers- uh. persona or whatever <laughs> um and and uh, i just feel like that that doesn't really belong to me anymore because it's this character that's online uh-huh. and, and this this guy who sells pedals and and whatever else he does <laughs> online uh and I like I know this podcast is going to be online, but I want to have a real talk. <laughs> right, right. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, it's it's always weird when I, when I first started doing the the podcast. I was like, do I need to like 
do I need to create like a, a fake a fake name or do I need to, like for contacting people to make it seem more legit? But that just that just felt so stupid and weird. But I didn't know <laughs> if I should do something like that. And like, should I use we even though it's just me? Oh, right. Know? Yeah. <laughs> I actually I mean, once my wife started working with me, um, I actually really dig writing we, you know. We uh-huh. at Dwarfcraft, blah, blah, blah. Right, right. We'll get that sounds... fixed up for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right on. Well, I, I don't want to go into the history of Dwarfcraft because I feel like one that's that's there on uh, Darwin Gross's podcast. And uh, I encourage anyone to go listen to that talk that he had with you, kind of give the background of how you got started. Um, and I, I just feel like you guys have been around for so long that that story is probably pretty well known. Yeah, so. it, it's out there a lot of places. Yeah. Um, so so thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um I kind of was wondering I wanted to maybe talk about um I know something that's coming up a lot with a lot of the manufacturers that I talk to um and just other, you know, people using modulars like it's it seems like we're at saturation market-wise. Yeah. What's the future? What is the future of modular? And when you have companies like Make Noise and Maleco and Forms out there doing such crazy crazy shit basically like mm-hmm. i don't know I've, I've heard a lot of people even they're like module builders themselves being like i can't do it better than them so there's there seems to be like this weird this weird kind of uh i don't know it's a weird time right now i feel like for manufacturers and as somebody who who makes guitar pedals i would love to hear like because i know you do a little bit of both yeah yeah well, way more pedals for sure right, right. um so uh, i don't know if this is what will happen but um, the the feeling that I kind of have is um, that we're gonna get a lot more crossover and cross pollination, and 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 a breakdown of those musical lines. Um, mm-hmm. You know, whether you're a you're a guitar player, or you're a producer, or you're a synth guy, or a modular guy, or whatever. Like a, those boxes haven't ever really made much sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and something that's bode, that bodes really well for that, I think, um, is like the popularity of the like the modular standalone systems, like the the Pittsburgh, the Microvolt, and the No Coast, and, and things like that. And like, right, um, those are really popular, and it's a it's a great way to jump in, and like mm-hmm. see if you dig it. And I think I'm hoping with that we get a little more fun and some more irreverence in the in the modular world mm-hmm. uh, because I, I I feel like the prevailing attitude is very serious and and academic and like I'm fucking serious about music and like I write pieces uh, you know but that doesn't mean like. It, it, not everything has to be black and gray for me and uh, you know and i i feel right. like yeah that's I, I i i'm hoping we can we can all 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 musicians and makers and everything just grow to be more open and, and accepting and uh-huh. have more fun <laughs> yeah well it's funny because I, I actually was i was listening to you and darwin's talk again today just so make sure i didn't cover anything that you guys already covered but i i did have 
kind of some questions pop out of and uh, out of that talk. And you guys were kind of talking about this, and that was something I actually have written down here. And oh, great. you were saying like how yeah, just like what you're saying with like the 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 boxes, you know, like the boutique pedal thing was huge, and people were like, I feel like. I feel like that was like the the first phase of this weird kind of gear driven like uh, like feeding frenzy. Yeah, <laughs> it was like yeah. a boutique thing, and I feel yeah. like that happened again with modular, and it it was separate. And mm-hmm. I, I I agree, and I agree with you in the hopes that that does just start <laughs> blending together and mm-hmm. and focus more on the creativity side and what are you making with this rather than like lusting after this particular piece of gear. You right. Know, yeah. Yeah. It's 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 weird. I started as a guitar, a, a boutique pedal guy because mm-hmm. of Greg Markle. He says hi, by the way. Awesome. Uh, Love Greg. Yeah. Yeah. He he um he kind of we became friends because I like I played a show with his with his band and then got super into the recovery stuff and then uh-huh. once I got into that it was kind of game over. I had just a ridiculously huge pedal board that had way too much shit on it. And that was, it's kind of like how I started with modular, just like getting a new one to trade it for another one. And, yeah. um, but as I, as I'm getting, as I got into both, I kind of started like, you know, carving things down and actually, well, what's my intent and, and what do I really, what am I looking for? And it, I don't know. Now I'm kind of, I feel like I lost the thread. I'm kind of rambling, but I, I no, am that's hoping cool. It, I, uh, yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. Like I, I I have done done that through guitar gear and modular. I mean, not not as certainly not as long or as intense with modular because the price point is pretty different from <laughs> yeah. from guitar gear. Um and then like I don't know how many months ago like I I a friend of mine showed me some stuff on his Octatrack. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it's a sampler. I have a sampler. And it was just such a different world that I just, I got sucked into the the world of Electron. And yeah. like, so, so that was my, like, that was my gear obsession for a while. Um, and now, like, I've, I've got the, the dark trinity, as they say. So, <laughs> like, on one hand, like, I'm making a bunch of different music now and like now i don't like look at gear online Uh uh-huh like i just you know i got that rig and now i can move on (laughs) yeah it's it's a good feeling i'm i I was just talking with my wife tonight and i was you know like i'm only i'm only lusting after one piece of gear now like there's only one thing that i want right now i'm pretty happy with everything else like so i'm focusing more on like well now i gotta learn how to fucking use all this shit yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) um well you know i i know i know uh, the answer is out there but i think a lot of people are unclear about this and i think you'd be just as good of uh anybody to ask is the price point on modular is is so steep and Mm -hmm. you know boutique pedals can be steep but it's it's nowhere near um and i know a lot of people are like well i want the witch shifter as a module but that doesn't yeah me too (laughs) yeah, <laughs> but that as a manufacturer and and just the cost of building and everything, it's it wouldn't be a, a two hundred dollar module, right? right? It would no, yeah. And so wh- why, without getting too nerdy or or businessy, I think some people would like to to know like why is that? What what makes the difference? Sure. Okay. So 
we'll go we'll go wide and then we'll focus in okay so on the on the widest spectrum um the the expensive parts for guitar pedals are less expensive than the expensive parts for modules okay and like the pedal stuff is manufactured on just a massive scale like the aluminum enclosures the knobs the jacks just everything you need to make a regular old pedal is just super available Mm -hmm. um and at a at a at a pretty low cost as far as manufacturing stuff goes Mm -hmm. and then for synths there's a lot a lot more specialized things and you're dealing with bipolar voltage which complicates your circuit design so there's you know there's more parts there and and it's not like there's so for instance our enclosures there's factories just pumping out thousands of aluminum enclosures every day Mm -hmm. for anybody to use like you don't you don't even need to get them drilled in a factory because you know you can just drill round holes in your garage and fill them up there's no factory just making thousands of face plates for right. anybody to use you know uh-huh. <laughs> and even if you get a blank and you drill it out yourself and manage to not ruin it like nobody wants uh your new filter with a a sticker you know right. to tell you yeah, where the yeah. controls are <laughs> which is which is what I have right now. <laughs> um, uh, and then, so to get really specific, um, believe me, we've been talking about the the witch shifter and sort of that generation of pedals coming into modular. Um, so the brain in that pedal runs on three point three volts. Okay. Which is a little more than one quarter of what your modular is running on. Mm-hmm. So you got a, you got a step down voltage, which means you're working with a much smaller amount of information. So there's there's just a lot of like mathy shit that <laughs> a a requires a bunch of work and math and and then more parts and stuff like that. And the the brain that's in the wit shifter etc only has. I think we're using every available pin on it. Okay. Um, which is so that's that's on the where, IC. Yeah, so that's where you could you could plug in a pot or an input or an output or whatever, uh-huh. what, whatever the computer has to process or interpret. So, if we were to keep using that chip, then we'd have to add more chips to like multiplex and pole signals and blah 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 blah. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. Um, we do have. We have a plan. We have a theory on on how to uh, get some of our exciting digital stuff in the Eurorack world, um, and hopefully, in about a year, we'll know if it works, and then we'll be putting <laughs> them out. Um, yeah, because I would, man, that I was looking at. I've I've seen the demo for the Witch Shifter a few times. It's kind of I I'm kind of been out of the pedal game for a while, but that one. That one's the one that I still am kind of peeking over the horizon at. And t- today, as a refresher, I was I was looking at it and I was like, "Fuck, man! If you had that as a module and all that shit CV controlled." But then mm-hmm. I also, through talking with Greg and I talked with Lisa Belladonna about like Earthquaker stuff. Mm-hmm. I I they you know I'm I'm now enlightened to the fact that it it's you can't just take 
that the guts out of a out of the the witch shifter and put a face plate on it and throw it in Iraq. It's just right. and I think a lot of people think it's that simple and are wondering why uh, companies don't do that. So thanks for uh, that was that was a nice tidy little explanation. <laughs> sure, I mean in 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 a way it makes. It, it almost is that simple, but then, you know, the devil's in the details, like right. that engine is going to be the same, but it's everything around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the parts, the parts is a huge part. Just not, not, not as uh, available. And then that's the, the difference in voltage. Yeah. That seems like a huge workaround. And like you said, if, if all your pins are taken on the brain of the witch shifter, then yeah, would you need to add like another pin to to be able to CV control all that and stuff? You know, so is yeah, that the kind of detail yeah. you're talking about? Like that's yeah, and and that's just more you know R and D stuff that you guys have to do. And a lot of boutique companies are you know a handful of people, and you're all busy just yeah. keeping up with what you're doing. So. This is true. I mean, uh, there's we've we've got our heads held high on that actually. Um, our our main engineer is just. Uh, finishing up like a dual purpose board so that will that will run um like a handheld synthesizer okay um just like a a standalone instrument but then we'll also be able to develop new products using that same circuit board so so the the wheels are turning on that (laughs) Well, that that that's that's interesting because it brings up the next question. Um, something that I've talked with with Greg about a lot, because um, you know he he dabbles in both, and mm-hmm. uh, he, it seems from what I've gathered from him, like a lot of a lot of the companies like yourself who who are who do a little bit of both are kind of veering away from modular at the moment and maybe focusing a little bit harder on pedals again. And I I was wondering if you guys were doing that because. It doesn't seem like you have a, a huge modular presence on your website anymore. I, I was going through and I only saw a few modules. So is it kind of like you're kind of setting it on the burner for now while you're figuring out that project you were just talking about? Or um, We definitely did have to sideline that for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, we we put a lot of time and money into some, some synth projects and some pedals that didn't mm-hmm. work out like at all. <laughs> so like yeah. at, at one point we were shooting to put out a whole system oh shit okay yeah so and just we kept we hit one roadblock after another and then it we had to really focus on you know what what not what do we want dwarfcraft to be what is dwarfcraft and mm-hmm. how do you know how do we get ahead a little bit so we can so we can do some more uh, searching, I guess. Okay, okay. So modular is still something that you're you're really interested in pursuing as a company. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. I'm, I'm hoping. Uh, actually, we just got quotes today for front panels for two new modules. Okay. Um, and so those, barring any disasters, those should be around <laughs> for uh, for winter Nam. Oh, great. Cool. And is that, yeah. is that like late November, or December? Or is that next year? It's, uh, usually the third weekend in January. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, that's exciting stuff. Can you talk about what they are? Is it still? Sure. Yeah. This will, this will be an exclusive. 
<laughs> Sweet. Uh, revelation. Um, so I put some teasers up and um, like blurred out the modules and a, a bunch of people correctly guessed uh, the happiness filter, um, which is now this this is a rare case in that we absolutely just take the circuit board from the happiness pedal and put it in a Eurorack faceplate and then plug in the your Eurorack power supply because uh-huh. that is a pedal made of synthesizer parts. <laughs> nice. uh, okay. So when we make a pedal, we actually have to add a circuit board to it to bump up the 9-volt uh, power supply to a bipolar 12. Oh, okay. All right. So, yeah. That one was that one was real easy. So that was that just something that happened to work out because you 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 did that and like in the past and like oh well, I want to make this filter pedal and ended up using synthesizer parts and then it just became convenient now. Oh, well, shit, now I can pull it out or was that the plan all along? The idea was to do it was definitely to put synthesizer modules in guitar pedals. Uh-huh. Um okay. and to really to get the most out of a filter, an analog filter, it had to be that bipolar power supply. Mm-hmm. Um, it's based on the Steiner Parker filter. Okay, I'm not uh, familiar with that. But. That's, I guess that's that's also the basis of the filter in the Arturia synths. Okay. Um, and I like that because um, you don't lose bass when you turn up the resonance. Oh, nice, nice. Um, or at least not as much as like the the Moog filter and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So so the plan was to, like I said, put synth modules in guitar pedal format, and then we had CV jacks on them and stuff like that for, integ- <coughs> for integration. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and the other the other module that's coming out also is derived from. Uh, our pedal called the Twin Stags, which is a dual mm-hmm. tremolo. Okay. So the module is called Argue D2, and it's, <laughs> it's a... <laughs> it's That's a, awesome. <laughs> it's, it's a pair of LFOs um, in one module, and they both have... Um, I mean, I guess technically it's frequency modulation, but they, you know, they run slower, so... Uh, how it's wired on the pedal is you th- you flip a switch and the second oscillator modulates the speed of the first. Okay, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, so um, you know then instead of just having your tremolo go one na 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 na, it'll go one na 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 yeah so it's there's no there's no vcas in the module um it's just the lfos and and they both have the the cv input to modulate their frequency okay so those both sound pretty pretty awesome um is the is the idea now you mentioned the idea of a system earlier but right now it's kind of the focus to stick with effects and I have a follow-up question with that, but I'd, it would be too broad. To, but just kind of, is that as far as modules go right now, is it kind of... Because I know you started with just kind of making a weird oscillator when you were first starting to make shit like yeah. in the beginning. Right? Yeah. So, um, um, we yeah. have, we've put a lot of, of work into 
um, a dual oscillator. Um, and I'm really hoping that we can get that out. Um, but that's, that's a project that our intern was working on like two summers ago, I think. And it like, I'd say the circuit, I mean, it was all breadboarded and stuff, but the circuit was probably 80% done mm -hmm. when, it, when he went back to school. And then we like moved the workshop and like put it back together and it's, it's not working again. So I don't like, we might have to fly him out to get it back to like 75% oh, done. And then, but it's like classic module modular story. Yeah. You, right. You, you unplug it and plug it back in and it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Well, um, well, that, so my, my next part of that question, what, like with the, I feel like I mean there 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 are definitely a lot of cool effects in the modular world, but it mm -hmm. seems like effects are maybe I don't know. It seems like they're kind of the I wouldn't say redheaded stepchild by any means, but they're they're definitely not as many effects modules are as there is everything else. Right. I feel like yeah. Or maybe not really awesome ones like contending like like for instance, if the witch shifter was out, I think people would lose their mind over something like that. Um, <laughs> I hope so. Hey gang, I want to do a quick interruption because my buddy Eli from Mystic Circuits sent me a pretty cool wedding gift and I got it in the mail today and uh, I haven't got a whole lot of time to play with it today, actually just a few minutes, but um, I did get something that was pretty cool and I wanted to share it with you. Um, it is the Anna, the Analog Logic uh, module from Mystic Circuits and you guys, it is so cool and it's so tiny it has six outputs and it's got four inputs and what you can do with this is it's i don't fully understand it but the way i kind of been using it today is almost like a um it's kind of like a hub for cv to like make it uh you can you can just blend a bunch of different stuff together in really interesting ways and and bring it to one cv input of something so for instance let's say i've got the h output from the telharmonic and let's, let's just, let me see here. Let's take a simple LFO and put it into the uh, input one of Anna. Put this in the centroid CV control of the telharmonic. Simple LFO. So basically right now with just the one signal, uh, Anna is acting as kind of an attenuator, attenuverter. However, now I'm going to take a stepped random voltage from the woggle bug and put it into the sum one input of Anna. So now those are kind of playing kind of fun together. And let's uh, oops, plug that back in. We'll take a channel one from the maths and we'll put that into input two of Anna. with the attenuator, attenuverter on that to get that that blend the way you want it. And now for the sum, uh, sum 2 input, I'm going to take a triangle wave, kind of really low triangle wave, and put it in the sum 2. I'm going to turn that up really fast. But what's really cool about Anna is it's got six outputs, and they're all so they take these different inputs of CV that you got, and they uh, 
they just output it in a different way. So I'm going to take the box output and I'm going to put it in the flux CV input from Telharmonic. Now listen what happens here. So that's a, just a really, really basic uh, demo of Anna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna work on it, and I'm going to, uh, I'm gonna get some really cool stuff. But I just really wanted to share that with you today. Um, let's get back to our talk with Ben. Yeah. So I don't know. That's that's why I like to see this this crossover of of effects pedal companies venturing into modular because I think it's gonna add kind of a a cool, unique. Um, is going to fill some gaps, which, which there, there aren't a lot of gaps in the modular world. And that, I think that is why people are maybe feeling like the, the market's saturated, you know, like there is a mm -hmm. maths, you know, who's yeah. going to make another maths. You right. don't need to make another math, but <laughs> I feel like, I don't know. Do you feel like the, the, the effect world, the effect, uh, end of modular is lacking? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I don't, I don't do a ton of like looking around online, like every once in a while, something will just, you know, appear on my Twitter feed or whatever. Um, so I, I don't have the firmest grasp of what's all available right now, but when I'm going through my Instagram and I turn the sound on, um, all the, all the modular dudes, um, and ladies, um, <laughs> Uh, the the effects seem to be limited to filter um, delay and reverb. Mm -hmm. All yep. gr all great, important, beautiful effects, but like I definitely do want to do more. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, and so, like coming from effect pedal world, that's something like. I've always kind of been looking for where's it like that's why I like what what Greg has been doing with the recovery stuff like there's some pretty badass like fuzz fuzz and shit that you can get with his stuff uh, but yeah like I don't know I feel like weird pitch shifty stuff and I, I know you can achieve a lot of effects with just different types of modulation and mm -hmm. and but I mean, why not be able to do it with two patch chords instead of like 16, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, and uh, that's I mean, that's kind of, we were, we had that in mind when we were working on, on our oscillator. Like, I don't want to mm -hmm. give too much away in case it doesn't work out, you know, uh -huh. but it was, it was one of those situations where we just had the audio from the oscillator going right into the speaker and we're tweaking knobs. And I was just like, Jesus Christ, this is like a four module operation right now. <laughs> Uh huh. You know, but it was it was all, it it was one half of our of our module. Okay. Well, man, you're making me feel hopeful because I I don't know. It seems I feel like I feel like there's a lot of ne like pessimism and and maybe a doom and gloom going around. Like as far as modular goes, a lot of people oh it's it's peaked. It's gonna it's gonna nosedive and it's you know it's. I think some people think it's a fad, but I'm kind of hoping that it's going more towards 
like an integration thing like we were talking mm -hmm. about earlier maybe people working more on like little like like little systems mm -hmm. or or like groove box type things so i don't know i think we already covered that but that was that was sure. something i wanted to ask you is, is is that something also you guys would be are, are looking at maybe trying to make like something like like in between effects pedal and 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 groove box and module or or way of um, interfacing i guess i hadn't i hadn't thought about that really since we were dreaming up the system mm -hmm. um and what i wanted to do with that was was to have like a 84 or whatever hp complete instrument uh -huh. You know, and, and we'd be able to sell it as one or sell the individual modules. But I, I was really into the idea of like, oh, you could just grab this system and plop it in a row that you, that you have open on your rack. Or, you know, we talked about making our own cases and stuff like that. Um, I guess, I mean, I do have drawings and stuff. Uh, for a, like a whole ass drum machine, uh huh. Um, but that, that's a good name for it, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> but that uh, I wasn't really thinking about a whole ton of modular integration with it, other than like clock and like individual eighth inch outputs. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh. Right. And so that actually brings me to my next question is, and and this this is something that maybe uh, is one of those things where it's not as simple as it seems, but do you see maybe more CV options in, in pedals, like to make it easier to interface with stuff or, <laughs> I mean, I would really like to, mm -hmm. I, I would like to see that. Uh, that's something I really enjoy working with. And it's like, for me, honestly, it's not, uh, what I get out of it isn't all is usually not like hooking a pedal or something up to a whole system mm -hmm. it's having a couple pedals that take cv and then like a volca yeah yeah because right. when you or something else that will take that kind of clock i forget what mm -hmm. all i've had that that will respond to that clock but like just the whacked out stuff that you can do by just confusing the shit out of those simple ins and outs is really fun, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and then it goes, it goes up to level 1 trillion when you, when you hook up a system to it. But, mm -hmm. um, that said, as much fun as that is like business wise, it has not been much of a selling point for us. It doesn't seem yeah, like our, okay. our tremolo pedal. I, I think we made it for like a year and a half or two years and then just kind of let it go because it wasn't, it wasn't selling, and it, it, you know, it, it costs money to keep those things in production. So we just, mm -hmm. eh, well, yeah. we'll, we'll take the best bit of that pedal, which is those two LFOs, and just make a module. Okay, that's cool. And okay, so as far as like the CV stuff, I know you can send control voltage to expression pedals. Is that something that? people shouldn't do or is that <laughs> is that okay to do <laughs> uh in in general you shouldn't unless yeah unless you know that's in the manual um right i, I guess somebody ran like a 10 volt signal into uh into the the expression on the grazer and it didn't kill it but it didn't work like it was 
right like it was right. supposed to because again that if you had if you had a rock solid like zero to three point three volt signal you could use that in our pedals in theory we haven't we haven't ever tested that so I can't I can't say yes you can do that I can well, say it'd probably be okay yeah well and it's it's hard to do in in a in a format that isn't um, standardized you don't know. You know, unless you're reading the specs on every module, one module might be just fine, but the other one might. You know, it's like there's no standards on what everything's putting out. So <laughs> right. Could. Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of still the Wild West with modular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, shit, we're, we're like, we're burning through time already halfway, halfway through the hour. Um, oh, my gosh. And I wanted, to, I wanted to talk to you about some of your, your recording projects. Um, yes, please. The, I want to talk about the fragment soundtrack you did because I have dabbled in um, in uh, film scoring and mm-hmm. it's it's probably one of it's probably my favorite mode of making music and uh, I listened to this today and it goes from like beautiful to straight up like noise and doom yeah. <laughs> and sometimes within like the same song like the uh, we can do this right like that's, yeah. that track is really fucking cool. So, um, how did you get into doing like a scoring thing? Um, so I've been working with a, a guy named Jesse Johnson, um, who I actually worked with his older brother years and years ago on some video projects. And I did like, and he moved to like New York or LA or something. And like, he actually got me like a one-time gig with, um, uh, Frederator, the studio that does adventure time. Oh, I was like, I know that name. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I had kind of forgotten about until like a year or two ago, I started watching adventure time and I was like, what <laughs> the fr- Frederator? <laughs> wow. Awesome. Anyway, anyway, so, uh, Jesse was, uh, shooting, um, he was director of photography on a bunch of my bigger, um, demo productions. Mm-hmm. And on one of those nights we, I, we ended up shooting like a horror short to just tack on the end of a demo. So, uh, we really enjoyed working together. And then I was talking to him about, a a web series he was working on. It turns out that was fragments. Um, and then I ended up emailing, I think it was, um, it was Mac, who's a, the producer on Fragments, and uh, or, or it was like a Facebook post, and I just like in all caps was like, who is doing the score? <laughs> and, and then like he texted or emailed and was like, did somebody talk to you? Because we were going to call you. Oh, shit. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and... Um, I ended up, um, was the question just how I got hooked up with that gig? Yeah. Yeah. And and like, just, you know, and then I, yeah, just a little bit about the process of, of how, of just making it and how you did it and what you used and stuff. Sure. Um, so like I, I read the first, the script for the first episode and just kind of started generating ideas. Um, and before I had even seen um, rough cuts, like I was doing what I call generator sessions, mm-hmm. which is I take a small rig home uh, and set it up on the kitchen table and just freak out 
like just go improvise and just try to you know generate mm-hmm. with the idea of picking samples and passages out later so i was building up sort of a library for the project and oh no i should go back um <laughs> <laughs> so i when i first like signed on to do it i was like uh, you know this is gonna be like some pretty typical you know like dramedy soundtracking like uh-huh. i'm gonna i'm gonna have to really mind my p's and q's and and do things that don't interfere and and things like that and i was like do you guys want like a theme song and they're like yeah i think so and so you know i was trying to in my head i'm thinking like okay what can i do that's gonna be you know interesting but not obtrusive and and they will like it mm-hmm. and then i got uh, forwarded an email from Ben Krybeck, the the star, the writer, the showrunner, uh-huh. um, and she had just she had suggested me because she liked what I was doing on Instagram, which was all which was all just confused machines fighting with each other, <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, yes, <laughs> and like s- sent them an hour of it. And I'm like. If you want to pick stuff out of this, you can, but please uh, tell me to make more because yeah. this is my life. And Dude, um, that's the dream. That, that's like the dream score right there. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. So, so then I was doing generators and then as I saw rough cuts, I would, I would pluck some stuff out of the generator sessions. Um, and then at a point I was, um, just like I'm looking at you right now, I would watch the rough cut that was playing in Logic and either improvise guitar or um, there's actually a bunch of drum machine improv in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I, for the drum machine thing, I, would, I had like a general mood, a bed laid down, and then I would just, you know, play with the effects on the drum machine or whatever, like reacting to what I'm seeing. Uh-huh. And then I just had to go back after the after the take and nudge it back a few milliseconds so it was on time with the uh-huh. screen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's you know that's the wonder of of doing it in studio. Yeah, that's that's how. Sorry, I had to fix my chair there. Um, <laughs> that's that's how I did the the few scoring things that I did. I did it in Logic as well. Like you can drag the movie into the project. Yeah. And, you know, just sit there and kind of play and then you got to drag it back and like okay sweet um i actually rescored the movie predator and then performed it live oh, like four awesome. years ago yeah it was, <laughs> it was it was really cool it was actually uh my wife and i's uh, first date too so i really got to impress her oh yeah yeah <laughs> she was like um, oh predator that's my yeah. favorite i'm gonna marry you yeah <laughs> that was pretty cool um so sorry, I kind of derailed your your story there. No problem. But, um, but it, so so was that? Are have you uh, are you doing more of that stuff, or was that just kind of like what sounded like it was just kind of a happenstance? You happened to you know comment on it, and it and it kind of just like really worked out. But uh, is it something that you pursue more of, or? Um, I got like fucking movie crazy working on that project. Like yeah, because it was a zero budget situation so Uh everybody who was doing it was doing it because they wanted to fucking make art 
uh-huh. and we all did, and it was it just felt so good, and like seriously, every time I would send them an episode or something, they would just be like, love it. Like, it was just so positive. And, like, one time I had to pull something back. Like, I listened to it a couple days later. I was like, that's not good enough, guys. Uh But anyway, so I was like, I started writing, like, a movie and stuff like that. Oh, shit. Um, (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) Um, And uh, so a lot of that, most of that Fragments crew ended up moving to Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. Um but uh, Ben and Mac are actually going to shoot like a, like a three-part documentary here at Dwarfcraft. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, sweet. And, and I know that they've all been... Well, Ben and Mac are in like film school now. Um, okay. But yeah, we're still in contact. And I know Ben is writing another season of Fragments. So I imagine I'll get a call back on that one. Nice. And where can people watch this? Um, it's on YouTube. I believe I have a link on the on the Bandcamp page. Um, I'll put actually, one in the show description as well. Okay, I'll, I'll hunt that down. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, shit. Okay, well, I wanna. Fuck, I wanna go in a few directions. Like, did you have? I any... got. I got all night, man. And that's all I needed. That's all I needed to hear. And we were uh, we were off to the races for another long stint of a conversation. So, thank you for listening this week, and please come back next week for Ben's Patch Challenge and more of our great conversation. And don't forget to check out dwarfcraft.com. They've got some really funny videos um, for their products. I mean, more importantly, informative, but uh, Ben Ben is very entertaining. Um, Want to remind you guys really quick about obsidiansound.net. Go there and mention that you heard about it on the Podular Modcast and you will get a 10% discount off of your uh, your mix reviews or your mixing of or mastering of your album. And really quick, just something off the testimonial section of the page. Uh, working with Nathan on the mastering process was a delight. He was able to see the vision I had for my album through and help prepare it for the outside world. His attention to detail, thorough notes, and belief in my music was highly appreciated. Can't wait to work together again. R. Benny. Pretty pretty sweet endorsement so yeah don't forget to check that out and also um noise engineering is releasing the ataraxic iteritas pre-sales open october 19th and it ships october 22nd and one week from today if you're listening on monday you will hear me with a sweet sweet demo as mine is on its way to my house right now so yeah keep an eye out for that stuff uh, once again if you want to help out the show go to patreon.com forward slash podular modcast and we'll see you next week Please enjoy this track from uh, Ben's soundtrack called Fragments, the album. And this particular song is called We Can Do This, right?